You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. to get a view on what's happening in the oil industry. We're joined by Vandana Hari, the founder of Vanda Insights. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Vanda. Vandana. My pleasure. Good morning to you, Carolyn. Let, let's kick off with uh, crude oil prices. They hit 10-month highs last week, uh, retreated a bit since. Um, what are we seeing there? What's put the brakes on and what, can, what might happen next? Yeah, so as you say, retreated a bit. Uh, they haven't. Uh, there hasn't been a pullback, and for good reasons. So, um, and and those are the same reasons that um, hauled crude all the way up to uh, ten-month highs last week. So uh, basically, OPEC Plus is removing about three million barrels per day of oil from the market uh, as a result of their coordinated production cuts. Uh, compared with, let's say, what they were pumping in the first quarter of this year. Now, just to put this in perspective, uh, that 3 million barrels per day reduction is the biggest that they have implemented since the height of demand destruction in during COVID in, in 2020. But with a critical difference, in 2020, they were responding to a collapse in global oil demand. Uh, what is happening now is that they're doing it preemptively. So what? So it, it, demand has not collapsed nowhere near by the amount that they're removing from the market. So that is resulting in a huge drain uh, on global oil inventories, which is uh, of, always a factor for uh, extra nervousness in the markets. So there, you know, as long as they they continue with the cuts, and it does seem like that's the way they that's the track they are on until the end of this year. Uh, supply is going to be tight. Inventories are going to continue uh, depleting, uh, which essentially creates an atmosphere of of uh, almost panic. Uh, definitely concern over supply, uh, and uh, you know, an, an environment for keeping prices elevated. Now, Saudi Arabia has defended these supply cuts. What what are they hoping to to gain aside from these higher prices that we've seen? So Saudi Arabia has, uh, says that they want to be preemptive, proactive, uh, and again, uh, you know, harking back to what happened during COVID, uh, OPEC Plus, uh, with hindsight, concluded that they that their task of mopping up the excess supply in the world was. Um, more difficult because they were a bit late to react. So uh, this time around, they, they want to be ahead of the game. Uh, as I mentioned, they are uh, they are assuming that you know Chinese oil demand, for instance, is uh, not going to recover anywhere close to where uh, had been expected. Let's say at the start of this year, um, and it's it's not just physical demand uh, being a bit soft, but there's a lot of fear. So it's, it's also the market, oil market. Uh, where it's important to bear in mind is hugely sentiment driven. So every time you see uh, you've seen in the, in the past through this year. Uh, concern, panic, uh, risk aversion in the in the U.S. in the financial markets, especially around what the Fed is doing and the tightening and concerns over U.S. recession, that has uh, put a great deal of pressure on crude prices as well. But not anymore. So what OPEC plus cuts have done have essentially Saudi Arabia has managed to insulate uh, the oil market from these uh, fears and concerns over the global economy and oil demand recovery. Is there the potential for more supply shocks to come and how jittery could markets get in the event of that happening? 
Yes, unfortunately, that is an ever-present danger in the oil markets. So we have geopolitical flashpoints, uh, as we call them in the oil markets, which have been with us for years and in some cases in some producing countries for decades. You know, Libya, Nigeria are, are uh, good examples. We have the hurricane season uh, in the U.S. Gulf of Mexico, you know, which has not yet ended. Uh, it's not been too severe. We haven't had any destructive, uh, in terms of oil and gas production, destructive hurricanes, but there's always a possibility of that. So uh, we've had uh, LNG uh, sector strikes in, in Australia. Uh, we've had uh, technical problems in LNG exports in the U.S. over the past several weeks. So, you know, a day doesn't go by when you don't hear some problems somewhere, either in, in you know, oil, oil production or refining or gas and LNG production and, and supply chains. So those always uh, then carry the risk of, uh, you know, more panic-driven, knee-jerk uh, buying up of crude futures and, and, and rallies in prices. Now, you mentioned a couple of times there economic sentiment and, and what the Fed's doing. So how closely tied are oil prices to uh, the Fed's hiking cycle and the sentiment around that? Yeah, great question, Carolyn. So I would say until about the end of July, uh, the, they, were, they were quite uh, in, uh, going in, in tandem. So every time, especially, you know, I would highlight uh, the March banking crisis, which put a huge uh, which was a huge drag on, on crude prices. And I would highlight July when uh, we saw a quite a dramatic uh, upturn in, in outlook uh, over the U.S. economy, that it's, you know, it's going to be a soft landing, Goldilocks economy, the, the Fed will pivot in, uh, to a dovish stance just in, in the right time. Now, um, however, since around August, I would say crude has been much more closely linked with sentiment over supply, over the draining of, econ uh, of um, inventories, as I mentioned earlier, over what OPEC Plus is doing. So, uh, so, so, and right now is a, is a great example. Since last week, you see quite a bit of uh, downturn in sentiment in the in the stock markets and generally in the in the global financial markets over uh, low, higher for longer rates. Uh, but you don't see that pulling crude down. So I expect that sort of uh, that divergence uh, disconnect to remain in place because OPEC plus cuts, supply concerns, draining inventories are very much center stage, uh, I would say, for the rest of this year. So one last question. You mentioned a little bit about LNG and the worst strikes in Australia facing uh, affecting facilities there, and those came to an end. What relief is that bringing, uh, if you could wrap that up in about 30 seconds? Unfortunately, not much. So European markets are actually quite well supplied uh, with gas right now. Their uh, storage levels are, are very comfortable. But it's just a, a huge nervousness because of the loss of uh, Russian pipeline supply since last year. So unfortunately, uh, you know, LNG markets and, and gas, especially centered in Europe, is probably going to remain quite volatile and turbulent. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. That's Vandana Hari, the founder of Vanda Insights.